Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Hi, my name is Jason Carpenter, and welcome to a special episode of Dead Rev Radio. Actually, it's not special. I was doing something else. I forgot I was recording, but let's go ahead and roll with this. So, what are we talking Oh, yes. Spiritual healers. Counselors of the cloth. Men of faith. Are all people that we tend to put our trust into. But what happens when those people push the trust a little too far? And then we take a look at the extreme haunted house known as McKamey Manor. People say it's a great thrill ride. It's an adrenaline rush. You go in, you don't know what's going to happen to you. It is the scariest haunted house you can ever go into. However, others believe it may actually be a cover for the production of snuff films. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm in a play again. I'm in another play and I don't even know why I signed up for it. It's actually like a Shakespeare showcase. So I have to be Lord Capulet. I've done that role before. Have to be Pyramus, aka Bottom. I always find that name so funny. Pyramus in a Midsummer's Night Dream, and then which I've done that before, not Bottom, but I've I was Demetrius in that, and then I'm some dude named like Lucius or Lactatius or something from Hamlet. It's a short scene. It's all short stuff, but anything that I have to remember lines and do a weekly television daily television show daily podcast for. I don't know why I decided to sign up for it. Actually, I do know why. Because there's going to be hot chicks in the audience. Girls love Shakespeare. So there is a reason why I'm doing it. But the show's like in 20 days. And I have one monologue remembered. The monologue I did in Romeo and Juliet when I was Lord Capulet. So let's go ahead, though, and move on to our stories here. I'll try not to pay attention to the script that's sitting only feet from me. Let's go ahead and move on to a couple of interesting stories. Now, this first one I just read about maybe 40 minutes ago. And it's funny, the way the show works, it's pretty liquid. A lot of stuff can kind of bump other stuff out of the way. I'll have certain stories ready to go, and I'll be like, nah, this one, this one's fresh in my mind. It's interesting. Let's dig into it. Let's go ahead and hop in the Jason Jalopy, because we're driving all the way from Oregon to Linden, New Jersey. Put a little cassette. We should put a cassette deck into the Jason Jalopy. Play copyright-free music. But anyways, until we do that, you know, even copyright-free music can get you in trouble because at some point someone can go, nah, I don't want it to be copyright-free anymore. And then they copyright it, the producer will copyright it, and then stuff gets taken down. It's totally tricky to, to do stuff like that. But anyways, we're in the Jason Jalopy. We're listening to The Sounds of Nature, which actually is copywritten as well. You just can't play Sounds of Nature. Birds and stuff. Ah, 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 you know, tweet, tweet, tweet. We drive into New Jersey. We're there. We're in the town of Linden, New Jersey. And there we meet... Reverend Dr. William Weaver. I actually had that question about, is Martin Luther King Dr. Martin Luther King or Dr. Reverend? It's This guy let me know. He's Reverend Dr. William Weaver. Presbyterian minister. 69 years old. Old chap. He's definitely a pillar of the community of Linden. He's been a Presbyterian minister for a long time. Don't have that written down in my notes, but just imagine a long time. He's been chaplain of the hospital. He's been the chaplain for the local police department. It's a small town, 40,000 people, so quite a small little burb. Berg, I mean. And when you're, you know, my father was a minister. When I was growing up, my father was a minister. So a big part of the job isn't just like preaching, doing sermons. A big part of the job is counseling, family counseling, marriage counseling, and then one-on-one counseling. 
But we, you would have people who'd, who not necessarily would come over to the house, but would call at all hours and saying, hey, I need some help with something. My dad would be like, yeah, you know, it's part of the job. So Dr. William Weaver, Reverend Dr. William Weaver, he doesn't even enjoy that distinction. We'll just call him Willie. So Willie has this same thing where he basically has to be a spiritual counselor to all of these people. But he, he mixed it with a little bit of spiritualism. He said he was like one-eighth Indian, so he had a little bit of these spiritual powers in him. Now, he wasn't very open about that with his main congregation, but he told a couple people about it. And so when they came to him with particularly troubling problems, the death of a loved one, a traumatic event, he would say, come over to my house and I'll, I'll, I'll get this out of you. I'll get the demons out of you, because what, that's what it is. You got these demons in you, son. It's always a dude, always a dude he's saying this to, so that should give you an idea where this is going. Son, you got, you got demons in you. You got demons that only Willie can get out. So what he would do is he would bring you over to his house and say, okay, first step, have you ever heard about the armor of God? And it's so funny because we talked about the armor of God like maybe like four or five episodes ago, but then this story came up today. He talks about the armor of God and he recites this Bible verse. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then he kind of pauses for a second. Then he goes, you can take your shirt off now. What? He's like, yes, yes, take your shirt off now as I'm reciting the rest of this Bible verse. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And okay, now take your pants off. You can set your shoes in the corner. Just take just take it all off. The spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, therefore put on the full armor of God. Yeah, okay, no, no, you, no, you don't want to keep your boxers on. Yeah, you got to take those off for this to work. Taking them off? Okay, good, good. So that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. But actually, I want you to lay down. Okay, so you're totally naked and you're laying down in my dark room. Yeah, no, we're not in the church. It's not a normal traditional counseling session, but... Young man lay down in the dark. So he would have these men strip naked and put a gem on each, like put like a gem on their hand, on each hand, and then a gem on each foot, and then an angel coin on their head and go, listen, if you move and one of these gems fall off of you, the demons are going to get you. Now, at this point, you're thinking, okay, if this was going on with you, you would say, this is, this is hogwash. I'm not doing any of this. I'm not stripping naked. You're, you're, this is weird. I'm out. But he was focusing on young men, like in their 20s or 30s, who, mostly in their 20s, who, who were suffering horrible calamities. Death of loved one. One guy lost a loved one and his father within a course of like a year or something like that. Just really kind of shattering you type of stuff. One guy saw a dead kid floating down the river and you just couldn't get it out of his head. And someone goes, why don't you go talk to Reverend Weaver? He's really good at, at helping people get through stuff. He goes like, yeah, I just can't sleep. I just picture this 12-year-old boy, dead 12-year-old boy. Fall. So you're looking for an answer, and you meet someone who at first he would be very friendly, just like all predators, very friendly and give you really good advice, but then he started to convince you there were demons inside of you, and you needed the armor of God on you. But first we need to get the demons out of you. So putting the gems on your hands, put the coin on your forehead, and he's like, okay, I'm going to take this feather... And I'm going to run it from your forehead to your stomach and the gems can't fall off. Otherwise, the demons are going to get you. 
And he would do that for a while, and then he'd be like, ah, okay, good. I was able to work all the demons down. I was able to work all the demons in your body down to one part of your body, and now I just have to do an exorcism and get them out. Don't move those gems, though, because that's part of the containment, and I'm going to give you... I'm going to exercise you by giving you a blowjob. And then he would give these dudes blowjobs and then spit the semen into a a Ziploc bag and seal it up and go, the demon is trapped. You can leave now. I got the demon out of you, son. And then the guys would say, I felt really odd. It seemed really awkward, but at a certain point, I didn't know what to do. And then generally, like a month or two later, they'd see a Willie walking down the street and he'd be like, son, son, I just had a vision. I just had a vision. You got possessed by a demon last night. You got to come over to my house. Got to come over to my house now or the demons are going to get you. Now, this went on from 1999 to about 2016. And it wasn't the same. The same dude didn't keep getting blowjobs given to him. It wasn't like he was a constant victim, but... His spread of victims, they can date him as far back as 1999. Three people have come forward and said, he did this to me, and they all described the exact same thing. They said, I was at my lowest point. This guy, he was supposed to be a spiritual leader, gave me a blowjob, trying to get a demon out of me. One guy said, sorry to laugh, but one guy said, because the reason why I'm laughing because it's just such a cheap magician's gimmick. One guy said that after he gave me a blowjob, he then like made a little metal ball appear in his hand that goes, this was inside of you. And I got it out through your penis. And it's just like a, such a like a cartoon magic trick. He's trying to. And I sure at that point, the guy was probably questioning being like, yo, why you got to keep giving me blowjobs? One guy said, how do you give him this? Again, they're thinking logically. They might not be acting logically in the moment. But one of them said, do you do the same exorcism to women? And Willie goes, women, gross. No, he didn't do that. He said, Willie said, no, no, no. Women, through their natural cycle, it just comes out normally. The demons just come out every month. So I don't have to do that. But with men, I got to blow you and then spit it into a Ziploc bag. I don't know what he was doing with those Ziploc bags afterwards. So they report him to the police and they report him to the press. After, this, after you know, decades of this, basically the men... Report him to the police and to the Presbyterian Leadership Council, whatever they're called. And the police so far have not said anything like if they're going to prosecute or what. Because technically, as far as they're concerned, one, I think the statute of limitations is too far back. And two, it was in the realm of consensuality. They were adults and it was weird and he may have taken advantage of them. But And I don't know New Jersey law on rape charges, but so far the police haven't done anything. The Presbyterian Council, though, did a full investigation, and they found that he was guilty of all this stuff. Plus, he was ordering gay porn when he was at some religious conference, and he was going around telling people he had magical powers because he was Native American. So all of that stuff, they said, okay, we've done this investigation. We are going to hold a hearing to see if you, Reverend Dr. William Weaver, should be kicked out of the church. We're going to hold this court hearing. And he goes, so what happens if I'm found innocent? And they go, well, you can stay in the church. And he goes, what happens if I'm found guilty? And they go, well, then we kick you out of the church. You can never preach in a Presbyterian church again. But we're going to go ahead and have this whole trial. We're going to expose all this evidence to everyone. And then we'll come to a conclusion. And Willie goes, I quit. I just quit. And they're like, what? And he goes, if the worst thing that can happen to me is me getting kicked out of the church, I'm just going to jump. I'm just going to leave the church right now. I don't, I'm not going to trial. I'm not going to listen to all you guys. I'm going to take me and my Ziploc bags, and we're going to a retirement home. And that's what he did. He just walked. 
And that's the reason why this information's come out now, because they didn't have the trial. And I'm sure the people who are part of the investigation process were like, that was really lame. Like, this was, he was about to pay for what he did to these young men, and then he just skipped out on all responsibility. Let's just give this stuff to a reporter. That's really what I think happened here. But yeah, just a weird story. It's so easy to prey on people when you're in a position of power. And when someone comes to you and they're like in total need, again, when I'm reading the article, I was thinking, there is no way someone could get me to strip down and put gems on my hands. Like, that's just wouldn't. But that's why I wouldn't get chosen for that. That's why if someone's looking for a victim, they may choose me to be a victim of another crime. They're like, oh, he would be great in some sort of blood sport, in some sort of death match. I might fall victim to that crime. But I'm not going to fall victim. I hope I wouldn't fall victim to the crime of being preyed upon by a spiritual leader. feel bad for these dudes. It's absolutely terrible. But they've all gone on the records with their names and they're like, yeah, this totally happened and it ruined my life and stuff like that. They want to get this information out there. So, So, yeah, weird. Just a weird story. Weird story to wake up to. But let's go ahead and move on to a request now. This story is just as weird. Got this request a long time ago. I got this request on Twitter via Slobbering Demon, which is quite a fitting name. I guess not. There's really no demons in this story, but it's Haunted House. So it is kind of, kind of, um, I have no idea what I'm saying. So Slobbering Demon wrote me and said, hey, have you ever heard of McKamey Manor? I was like, yes. And then he, (laughs) it wasn't a real-time conversation. I said that to myself as I read the email. I go, of course, Slobbering Demon. He goes, have you ever heard of McKamey Manor? He goes, I think it might be a red room. Now, what a Red Room is, it's basically live-streamed torture. So, this is an internet theory that's been going around for a long time. And generally, a lot of times, it's connected to ISIS. I guess I'm doing an episode on Red Rooms now, too. It's connected to ISIS right now. But basically, I don't... Okay, let me explain explain what they are, and then I'll give you my feedback on it. But what happens is, ISIS or any other criminal organization... Takes a person, kidnaps a prisoner of war, normal person, whatever. Puts him in a room that's painted red or it's red because of all the blood. Who knows? But they're in this room and then you bid money saying, for $10,000, I want to see that person's eyes put out with a power drill. Or for $20,000, I want to see that person's genitals electrified until their head blows up. And the winning bid gets the... The death that they want. And everyone else is just... I've heard versions where everyone else just watches the death. Even if it's not the one they wanted. Or you don't get to see the death unless you actually picked the one, paid the most for the one that a guy gets electrocuted and his head blows off. So that is a conspiracy theory that's been going around for a while. Recently it's been connected to ISIS. Now, I looked into that. And that's actually the title of an old school Japanese horror movie called Red Room. About four people... They're playing a game show, they're locked in the game show, and the only way to get out is to be the most brutal. So I think it's two couples, a man and a wife and a man and a wife. And the review, I didn't see it. The reviews were like, it's just dumb. Like, it's not even that gory, or if it is that gory, it's just like shock gore. Like, you have to have gore with emotion. It just can't be people's eyeballs being popped out all day long. There has to be some connection between the characters. Otherwise, then it's just a Friday the 13th movie. So, Red Room could be based on that movie. Like, that movie could have came out and someone created a conspiracy in real life about this, but it was inspired by this movie. The way that the Red Room was described to me, the way I just said it, where you it's a particular room and people bid, that's actually the plot for Hostel 3, 
which was awful. On my movie review website, when that was still up, Video Vandals, I have a review of Hostile 3. It's one of, I love reading that review. I'm, I'm a sycophant for myself. So anyways, I'll read that review and I'll laugh because that movie's so bad. But I think that what happened with the idea of Red, now there could be something like Red Rooms existing, but the live streaming of human torture and people getting killed and stuff like that, this is always the thing with the FBI, and and I have to get to the McCamey Manor thing. So I'm trying to trying to figure out how I'm going to do all this because the Red Room stuff is go. The thing with the FBI is their definition of snuff. A snuff film is it, their definition of snuff is so concise that it basically makes it so it doesn't exist. So, for example, the definition of a snuff film is a film that is made for the sake of commercial gain which features the purposeful killing of a human being. So, it doesn't include any video of people like doing yard work and a lawnmower running over them as they're unaware, you know, like digging through the ground and their husband's pushing a lawnmower. That's not covered at all. It doesn't cover movies that are made like, what was the movie that had that uh, Deadpool 2 where the stunt woman was riding the motorcycle and her brains got bashed in, in real life. Doesn't cover that. It wouldn't cover, like, Grumpy Old Men, where there was, like, a boat jump. No, no, it wasn't Grumpy Old Men. It was the one with Joe Pesci and, uh, who's the guy from Predator 2? The black dude? Glover? Danny Glover? The movie with Joe Pesci and Danny Glover, there is a scene in the movie where there's a boat stunt and a dude dies during the stunt in real life and they kept the scene in the movie? That isn't covered as being a snuff film. It has to be a movie that features a person being killed on purpose for the sake of commercial gain. And the FBI did this huge investigation. They said snuff films do not exist. Yes, there are movies of people that are getting killed that are then sold to people because it's gross, like Faces of Death and stuff like that. But we have no proof that anyone has ever said we are going to make a movie, kill a person in that movie, and release that movie all in like one action. Yes, people have filmed stuff where people have died, and people have killed people and then sold it afterwards, but there's never been a snuff film made. Producers, directors, everyone gets together with the intent of killing people during the production of the film, and that is the selling point. FBI says that doesn't exist. That's a super, super narrow definition of of snuff films. Like, it basically makes it so it's almost impossible to have a snuff film. Because you have to hit all those markers. But they set it up that way for a reason, and it could be because otherwise, and everything's a snuff film. Every piece of footage of some guy getting hit by a BART train or getting stepped on by an elephant, you know, then that's all snuff film. So really, they they were looking at is like Cannibal Holocaust. Would a movie like that really exist where the producers are like, hey, let's hire all these actors, go out to the middle of nowhere, kill them off one by one, and then come back and sell the film and release it? I think that's another thing. It has to be released in, in some sort of fashion. I don't think it can be for your own collection. Because then serial killers, I think that that's a different... It has to be for commercial gain. You have The purpose needs to be for making it. So, all that being said, I, I, I think it's possible that something like Red Rooms exists. But I think that... One, I don't know how fast internet is in ISIS-controlled territories. I don't know how they're able to have all this high... You'd have to have pretty high-speed internet to do like internet wagering and then live video. And I don't know if they have that capability in ISIS, but I'm sure they have that capability in Eastern Europe or any other country in the world. 
Is it possible there's a place where you can bid on people to be executed or tortured and stuff like that? Sure, you're sure. But red rooms may exist. I just don't think they are as a big a thing as people make them out to be. But let's go ahead and, and get into McCamey Manor here. Because what McCamey Manor is, it is known as an extreme haunted house. Where you go, it's not like Boogeyman jumping out. You go there and they they make you sign a waiver saying they can do whatever they want to you, right? And if you can last 10, the rules have changed over the years, but if you can last 10 hours in this house, you can win $10,000. Now, it used to be in San Diego. Now it's moved to Tennessee and uh, some other state, not Minnesota, some other state down south, Mississippi or something like that. It's, so you go to this house and it's manned by a bunch of volunteers. No one gets paid to do this. It's opened every single weekend. The only payment you pay is a 50-pound bag of dog food. Because, And I've heard multiple versions of this because the guy who runs it, whose name is Russ McCamey, he either gives it to his dogs or he donates it to a charity. But anyway, so they take in no cash whatsoever. They're open every single weekend. They have two locations. They used to have just one. Now they have two locations in two other states. And you go there and they beat you up. And they tie you up and they blindfold you and they throw you underwater. And they choke you. They don't do that much anymore. But they used to choke you. And they shave your head and shave your eyebrows. And they're basically like, you're scum. You're scum. Just drown. They'll make you eat rotten food throw up they'll force you to throw up and you're just like no i don't want to do it anymore i don't want to do it anymore and he's like so i i had to watch a bunch of videos of this stuff and it's so you know what's funny i must say this too i from what i've read about russ mccamey and i could be wrong but i think he is a type of guy like he's gonna he's going to find this video he's gonna find this podcast and begin responding to it. He seems like the type of guy who's constantly doing Google searches for his own name and trying to control the narrative of any press that comes out about him. But anyways, with that disclaimer being said, the video, it's so stupid. Basically, it's, I think a lot of it's fake. I think most of it's actors. Now, of course, he, whenever people say that, he goes, well, maybe you should come to my house. I don't, if it's not, if it is real, I don't want to come to your house and get slapped around for three hours. It's not entertaining to me. It's not entertaining for me to watch other people who are dumb enough to fall for that either. It may be true. And I would say it's probably a mix of some of the promotional videos are acting and then if some of the videos are real. But I have no interest in paying someone to slap me around. I'm not into that stuff. I'm in no interest of watching other people getting slapped around because I'm not into that stuff either. But I watched maybe a total of maybe an hour of this guy's stuff. One video, the first 20 minutes was people reading a contract as they're getting slapped in the face. Now, the reason why I think a lot, he, they always go, it's just smoke and mirrors because people complain and go, you're torturing these people. And they're like, it's just smoke and mirrors. That's a, and which makes me think a lot of it's fake. Because here's the thing. They've been in operation for years and they've never once been successfully sued. Even though they have a video of people reading, signing a waiver saying, this is what's going to happen to me. And they're getting slapped and going, sign the waiver, sign the waiver. In any real court of law, if I went to sign a contract with Nike to sponsor my show, and then I come out and I said, yeah, they slapped me around for three hours while I was reading their contract, that contract is null and void. In any real world scenario, that would not fly. You can't sign contracts under duress. But I'll have a bunch of videos in the links. And thank you, Slobbering Demon, for the recommendation. I'll have a bunch of videos in the links. But, I mean, they're just boring. Like, I thought it would at least be a little titillating. Because sometimes when I'm watching a horror movie, I'm like, oh, you know, this is kind of hot chicks being chased down the 
chased down the hallway by the by the guy with an axe. Like this, there's something that might sound brutal, but it's this drama. It's this intense thriller moment. But watching a real life, like if I had to watch like a blonde woman sit there and get smacked by a guy who is like torturing her, I don't find that titillating at all. Like in that same, if I was watching a video and it's like, you know, viewer discretion beware, a woman gets chopped up with axe by Sierra. I don't want to watch that video. I'll watch the movie, the fictional version of it. But I don't want to watch it in real life. That's not titillating to me. So this is kind of in between where it's like, Shot with really good high definition cameras and like the everything really pops, but it's just people just going bleh, 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 and then getting slapped in the face for an hour. And so, but here's the question: How do they afford to do this? So, the, and Slobbering Demon goes. They have an unknown source of revenue, and Slobbering Demon's theory was this: that it may be some sort of real life red room or snuff light where people. Sh- contact Russ and say, I want to see a young woman have duct tape wrapped around her face and dipped in the water a couple times. I'll pay you $10,000 to give me that footage. Because he records everything. Everything. Everything is recorded. And that's part of the thing they say on their website. Everything will be recorded. And I understand from a legal standpoint, you want it all recorded. But also, if you're a fetishist, or if you're selling this stuff to fetish people, then you're basically, that's how you'll make your money. Because his place gets paid in 50-pound bags of dog food. It costs nothing to do it, and it, nothing they're, they're all volunteers who work there, but you still have to pay rent on these locations and property taxes and stuff like that. So where is this stuff coming from? The theory that's been going around is that he sells the video to people. Some people personally request certain pieces of video. Some people say, I want to see three blondes. Hey, let me tell you this too. I don't want to like shame anyone in these videos, but I was expecting the people to be running this stuff to be all, like a lot hotter, and they they just look like normal people. Because again, in my brain, in horror movies, it's hot hot girls being attacked by monsters, not the librarian, the librarian's assistant. But anyways, not even hot enough to be the sexy librarian. It's just the librarian's assistant. Anyways. That's a side note. I lost so many subscribers yesterday, and I can't figure out why. But I guess I'm going to lose more today. The what was what was I talking about? Oh yes, yes, yes. So is he getting money from people who are requesting this stuff? Now I started looking into that, and again, I tried to look all over. I could not figure out how this guy makes any money. So that's definitely a possibility. I don't think it go. I was also going with the idea of maybe it's a setup for a snuff film, but the problem is there's not a bunch of missing people around where these places are at. I think that would be a lot harder to hide because he hasn't been investigated by the IRS. The IRS was like, hey, you owe us all this back tax. And that's one of the reasons why he left San Diego. There's a couple of reasons he left San Diego. but So government agencies have looked into him. People have complained to the police saying, hey, I went in this place and I got beat up. And the cops go, well, you signed a waiver. But again, I, I, I can't imagine that the cops would see that video and go, oh, he got beat up. And I also can't imagine that Russ is so powerfully connected to the police like he has them on their dole. But the police, are pretty. I, I think, again, most of it's fake. I think that the stuff that isn't fake is smoke and mirrors. At one point, they're like, shave your head, shave your head, shave your head. And they gave her like a, a dull set of clippers. And it's like, and like one follicle falls off. And she's like, oh, my hair, my hair's coming up. It's a very common psychological technique. If you actually show someone a blowtorch 
and then go behind their back and poke them with a, a like an icicle, they'll th- think that their body is melting because they're putting the idea of the flame with the weird sensation on their back. So you can do that. You can have the sound of the clippers in the dark on your hair, and you're imagining all your hairs coming off, and then like she's like has like a lit like a fourth of a chunk popping out. It's like her daughter shaved her head while she was sleeping, just like eat. Anyways. And she's like, bawling, my hair, my hair. And I'm thinking, your hair wasn't that good. You're, you didn't have, <laughs> your hair wasn't that great to begin with, lady. But anyway, so a lot of it's psychological. And it's just people getting slapped and stuff like that. I have no interest in it. It's not something that interests me at all. I'm not interested in watching it and stuff like that. Do I think it's possible that someone from the outside is paying him to do this stuff? Yeah, definitely possible. Definitely possible. Someone wants particular fetish footage of someone really freaking out. They could do that. What's weird is at the end of it, they go and they chill in his living room and everyone's like, yeah, man, that was pretty fun. And I was like, they just went through like this horrible traumatic experience and now they're drinking Miller Lite and playing Mario Kart. It was just such a, it's such a bizarre setup. And I, I have a hard time taking any of it seriously. But it is possible that someone's requesting him to do particular stuff to particular people. I'm sure that worldwide footage of white people, like suburban white people being tortured is quite rare. If you wanted to get footage of, you know, like cartel members getting tortured, you just go to LiveLeak. But if you wanted footage of like suburban moms suffering, it's quite rare. I would believe that on the global market, it'd be quite rare. So I'm sure you could get a pretty penny for that stuff. I've also heard that McKamey Manor has a live feed to a place in Las Vegas where everyone sits around and makes bids on how the people suffer, which is the plot of Hostel 3, which again makes me think that the the entertainment world and the and the real world keep intermixing and i don't think hostel 3 was based on anything real i think stuff people watched hostel 3 and it was such an obscure film that they almost feel like it's easy to make connections to cuz it kind of sounds real and no one saw hostel 3 so it's not like they're saying oh yeah once i knew this guy he his aunt and uncle were killed and he had to go on run from the law but he ended up running into his sister and her friend and they went on this big adventure together. They're just all over the place. Eventually, they ran into the cop who was chasing him. It turns out it was their dad. And you'd be like, well, isn't that the plot of the first two Star Wars movies? I mean, the plot of Hostel 3 is so obscure that you could t- say it as it was factual and no one would call you on it because nobody saw it except me, the director, and the editor. That's it. Places like McKamey Manor, that's actually not the only one that does these extreme haunts. It's one of the most visible ones. It's one of the most known ones. But these places do exist. And if they exist, it's only a small leap in logic to think that all the video footage they have isn't just for posterity or legal reasons or something like that. That this video footage is floating around out there. In those contracts, it would be interesting to see if their part of the contract is we have the rights to show your video, image, your voice everywhere to transmit it globally like any sort of other contract involving audio or video footage. So the next time you think about going to one of these extreme haunts, one of these things that's going to push your mental endurance and see how well you would do against some terrorists kidnapping you or just some hillbillies or whatever, Before you sign that waiver, actually, before you even show up, think that while you're sitting in the dark having your head fake shaved and vomit shoved down your throat, a sheik in Saudi Arabia is furiously masturbating to images of you. 
If that doesn't get you to not go to McKamey Manor, then you deserve that $10,000. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.